What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Metalcore Mania, where the dark of the night rises and our impulses take over, baby. Because shit gets slaughtered around here, man. You know what I mean? Speaking of slaughter, as title this episode is about Motionless in White's new album. I know I'm a few weeks late, but I couldn't be any later than that, because then at that point, it would almost be pointless for me to do the review. But of course, it's fucking Motionless in White. I had downtime. It's the only fucking option I had, man. I can't go fucking kayaking. I can't go to a fucking club or a party or do anything else but review Motionless and White's albums. Um, scorching the earth, man. I had to do it. It's just it's just part of life, part of the plan. If you're not doing that, what the fuck else is you, are you doing with your life? I mean, it's fucking Motionless and White, man, you know? And, and by the way, it's called Scorching the End of the Earth. So kind of botched that, but you guys get the point. But anyways, man, yeah, it's been a fucking busy, busy, busy life for me, man. I've been really busy getting caught up in stuff, you know, and, um, you know, life's just kind of taking over, man. I'm in a busy field and um, just studying, uh, you know, just trying to be a doctor, man, and um, requires a lot of fucking studying and licensing and all that good stuff, man. But we are here. We are live course you guys are going to see a lot of episodes coming out man you got some quality content so you guys can uh take it and just listen to it and um fucking enjoy it man and um that's what it's all about man right so uh we're gonna get into it man we have scorching the end of the earth by motionless in white i had a lot of fucking fun doing this episode and um we're going to get into it, man. We're going to get into it, man. Let's see if it lived up to the hype. Let's see if Cyberhex set a tone. To, well, I got to say Masterpiece as well, because that was another single. But let's see if those songs set the tone for the album that we're actually going to get. Because those songs were really good, man. And we're going to see if it lived up to it, baby. Let's do it. So, and before I begin this, um, I also want you guys to know that um, no, I do not review Cyberhex and Masterpiece because I already reviewed them on a previous episode. So if you have not listened to that episode, uh, just go back, scroll back. It's just a few episodes back, I'm sure. It may even be my last episode, but um, but yeah, it, it's somewhere in there. I reviewed them because they were singles, so I, I wanted to review them and get those out of the way. Made this research a little bit shorter, baby. That's what it's all about. Keep your foot on that pedal, man, and stay in metal, baby. But uh, at the uh, first track of the album, we have uh, Meltdown. Now, Meltdown, um, the song starts off with like some frantic screams. Um, you know, this one has like an eerie undertone to it. Uh, the with the production and everything it has a great intro I, I do really love the intro a lot um it's a very solid verse that leads to a chorus i found to be like unique for them and, and, and it kind of was like a bring me the horizon ish you know style of ver, ver, uh chorus i thought which i found to be very interesting you know to the, for them to kind of fusion uh bring me the horizon in their music but I'm not surprised because Motionless and White has always like been able to uh, diversify their sound because 
they're fucking motionless white. They can do that. They've never been status quo metalcore. Um, I, I believe there was perfect production in the breakdown, which is important, of course. Um, you know, uh, for the band, when, uh, you know, the production is, is perfect when it's used correctly. But when it's like, of course, when it's like overused or underused, it just needs to be used, you know, at the right time and long enough. And they did a really, really good job of that with this song. And sometimes it's just used too long for a part of the song, which is another thing that annoys me. Uh, but I do just believe it's a dark song with uh, in your face progression that reeked of uh, prime motionless and white. This song definitely gave me a lot of uh, prime motionless and white feelings to it, which uh, was very, very, <laughs> I was a very, very happy guy. Let's just say that if I'm getting prime motionless and white, them at their best then uh let's just say i'm a fucking happy guy okay uh now lyrically uh the song was about pretty much how can i say it? uh the song was about like um you know basically just hmm, i'm trying to think about how i would word this hmm i would say the song was lyrically just meeting your doom, really. Um, I don't even have to overcomplicate it. It was just pretty much, I just feel like it was more so just about meeting your doom um, in any way possible, uh, whether it's because you're distracted or uh, participating in the end of humanity. It's here and it's too late to look back, man. It's it's here, baby. <laughs> you're fucked. So, um, but yeah, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Just pretty fucking high for me to give out. I think Meltdown deserved it, man. Meltdown was a it was a really good song. Moving on to Sign of Life. Uh, Sign of Life opens up with heavy production, with clean vocals, and you can tell it wasn't going to be uh, one of the heavier songs early on. You could just kind of get the vibes that they weren't going to make this heavy, you know. And um, I just believe it had a killer bridge with uh, interesting guitar riffs with different bass patterns, uh, make the uh, chorus and bridge pretty snappy. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, Breaking Benjamin vibes all over it, of course. You can you can just tell uh, the influences was there. Uh, and I'm here for that, man, you know, for sure. I definitely, uh, it's not one of the heavier songs, but it's a very good quality song for what it is. If you just look at it for just what it is, you know, which is basically what I did with Masterpiece. I just looked at it for what it was not trying to like hold motionless and white to a standard um and if you do that you will actually find this song's a pretty good song um it's very radio friendly um but it was actually heavy enough uh for hardcores to to really like this for people that you know that just really like heavier music you could actually find yourself actually you know really enjoying this song because this uh this song definitely um, had some heaviness to it. It wasn't just, uh, you know, just all, you know, clean or, you know, um, it definitely had its heavy moments. So it's pretty beautiful to, to, to watch just the just the mixing of, of the two right there. Uh, and for this song, actually, I'm going to just be reading what Chris Motionless actually said about some of these songs because... I've actually um, looked up, uh, you know, what Chris Motionless was saying about these songs. And um, 
I figure I'd do that instead of just breaking them down lyrically for this one because I care so much about Motionless and White that I don't want to just, you know, just say what I feel. I kind of want to, you know, if Chris is going to put the information out there, I might as well use it because it's fucking Chris, you know, and uh, I want to get it accurate for him. This is my favorite fucking band. Uh, but yeah, for the, uh, for this song, Chris said, uh, this comes from a feeling like uh, how, am, how, how am I going to get myself uh, out of this and find the sign of life within me? During all this darkness, I felt dead inside at times because I didn't really have much of a will to do anything. And I felt just hopeless. Uh, I was trying to look for and cling onto any sign of life within myself and push out the negative side that was kind of taking over. So that's pretty much the summary. A fucking great summary. A great self-analyzation from Chris. And uh, there you have it. That's the meaning of sign of life. Moving on to Werewolf. Werewolf with this song, you know, it has uh, cool little growls, you know, to open up the song. Um, you know, it proceeds to give you those like Einstein kill vibes. You can kind of, you're already feeling the Einstein going into the song uh, of course they went on tour with them so not surprised there uh, I appreciated the echoing growls after saying werewolf during the chorus I just appreciated that man like little things like that man I just come to appreciate and um oh and really quick uh, sign of life is a 4 out of 5 I don't think I said that yeah so sign of life is 4 stars out of 5 stars yes so yeah um uh, and uh, Chris says uh, that the words uh, watching me in a Michael Jackson tribute uh, from the iconic song by Rockwell and um, the way he just says uh, somebody's watching me is just uh, it's just iconic man just to hear him say that and um, it, I don't know man it just kind of did something to me it was spontaneous man it was just it was just unique man but it wasn't like cheesy though it wasn't like a you know like a cheesy just part of the song it was actually unique like you didn't expect that it. it was just out of the blue and then you just kind of hear the werewolf kind of just growling just it was all it just all blended together very well in my opinion and it also seems as though this song was more of like an experimental song i'm sure and um, that they tried out to expand their genre bases. And, uh, you know, I actually ended up liking it, man. I know what they were doing with this track. I have a good feeling. And um, this was one of those experiments for me that panned out. And as we know, guys, being in this scene and enjoying this scene, a lot of times experiments do not work out, man. But uh, I definitely found myself uh, enjoying this one. And uh, we have a quote from Chris. Uh, in regards to the track, Chris says, I think this is the band's favorite track on the record. <laughs> so that's uh, pretty, pretty awesome there. Uh, it, he, and he says, it's definitely mine. He said, we wanted to create an iconic Motionless and White song. We feel like we have a lot of good songs, but we don't have an iconic song yet. This was an effort to create something that felt like you never heard anything like it but branded as motionless motionless's iconic song 
it's very Michael Jackson <laughs> and very Muse inspired, which are two very different but very similar artists in our opinion. We wanted to do something that felt like Motionless joining them. That's fucking awesome, man. Wow, what a hell of a fucking quote by Chris. And I actually disagree with part of what he said when he said um, they don't have an iconic song yet. I actually disagree with that. I do think they do have an iconic song. And I believe that iconic song is Scissor Hands. I do think Scissor Hands is definitely their iconic song, man. Because Scissor Hands just embodies just everything that they're about and what they stand for. And I mean, it's just everything. I really wish they would have made a music video for Scissor Hands, but in my opinion, that is their iconic track. But I guess if you're saying from more of a radio standpoint, I guess Werewolf would be more iconic in that sense but anyway those are the words from the goat chris cerulli and werewolf i gave a four out of five i might actually give that song higher once i listen to it a few more times because it definitely um it was definitely up there man iconic wise like chris mentioned but uh moving on we have burnt at both ends two and Burnt That Both Ends 2 uh, opens up feeling like a traditional rock song, just a normal just rock song, uh, boots on the ground uh, with basic drum and guitar rhythms. The Uncleans felt forced, in my opinion, just felt a little forced um, for the most part, except during the breakdown, which I found to be the only thing that stood out of the song, as it, would de- it was definitely dark and gloomy. So that's why I ended up giving this song a two out of five because just, you know, the darkness that I was feeling from it and then the gloominess definitely carried the song for me, but um, nothing else really stood out. I definitely had high expectations for this song because obviously the title, Burnt at Both Ends, Burnt at Both Ends was a great song off that infamous album. And it was a slept on song too. A lot of people you know especially in my circle wasn't really talking about that as being one of their best songs that they was listening to man people were more on devil's night and songs like that but man burnt that both ends too was I mean burnt that both ends the first one was, was was serious man that song was a problem and um it, it definitely was uh slept on in my opinion um and lyrically let's see here we got a quote from chris yes we do uh the original excuse me uh the original burnt debt both ends turns 10 this year i wasn't waiting on the anniversary or anything but once i started to think about the lyrics for this song i felt it was a perfect time to do a sequel i feel like the original was a very underrated track that has very similar lyrical content to what I was trying to do with this record. And 10 years uh, later, I'm still dealing with the same shit. So I wanted to write about how far I have or haven't come in 10 years. That is a fucking great quote. I love how he says how far I have or haven't come. <laughs> That's a fact. Because just because you get older doesn't mean you fucking gotten anywhere. That's facts, bro. Shout out to Chris for the fucking honesty. Goddamn. Had to have a drink on that one. But um, 
but yeah, man. Uh, so that's those were his thoughts on uh, burnt that burnt that both ends too. Uh, moving on to the next track, we have uh, porcelain. And porcelain uh, opens up with very little instrumentation and uh, more of a spoken word uh, sort of uh, vibe there. Um, And outside of that, uh, you know, to be honest, there was nothing else that I could really see myself discussing about the song, which is why I ended up giving it two and a half stars. I mean, it was a solid song in ways, but you know nothing really stood out it wasn't exceptional guitar play wasn't exceptional bass or drumming by Vinny or just I don't know uh, I don't know Chris didn't really stand out on this one so just had to be honest on this track and uh, give it a two and a half it wasn't like a, a, a bad song and that's what you will find on this album is that there's actually really no like bad bad songs which uh it's very fucking cool to be honest because uh that's when you know an album's fucking great when there's no just straight up bad songs you can appreciate that or you can just listen to an album fully and not be like oh, i need to skip this but uh chris's uh take we got a quote from chris on the song uh meaning lyrically and chris he says uh this is the companion track to werewolf both of them are about the conversation between the two parts of myself. I have my normal compassionate self that I typically live my daily life with. Then I have what I think is a really ugly side of myself, which is really angry with explosive rage. Uh, that side of myself has ruined things in my life many times because it just takes over and I can't control it. Uh, in my therapy sessions, Uh, We refer to it as the werewolf because it's appropriate to my personality. Being a big fan of horror and Halloween, of course, man, they're a Halloween band. We all know this Um, and everything. uh, So werewolf and porcelain are essentially the same lyrical track split up over two songs. So there you have it. The meaning behind porcelain. And with that, we are going to take a break. We will be right back. This is Motionless in White's new album, Scorch to the End of the Earth. And we will be back and we will be back soon. Stay tuned. What's up, guys? It is your boy Jay. We are back from commercial break, quote quote. And man, it's been it's been an interesting ride going through this album so far, man. It has been one hell of a ride. We are halfway through the album, or at least halfway through um, the songs that we are covering on the album. Because remember, we are not going to cover Cyberhex and Masterpiece as we've already covered them. We have covered Meltdown, we have covered uh, Sign of Life, we've covered Werewolf, we have covered Burnt at Both Ends 2, and we have covered Porcelain. Now we move on to The Slaughterhouse. 
and with a title like Slaughterhouse, you know it better bring something to the table. I don't care if it's a decent song and it's not iconic or whatever. It better bring something to the table. Naming it Slaughterhouse and you're motionless and white. When you combine those two things, I expect nothing but savagery. And let's see if it delivered that to us, man. Let's check out the analysis of the song. So this song uh, starts off with nasty high growls, which I appreciate it. Uh, the flow of the chorus uh, is very up-tempo and high-level drumming in this one uh, from Vinny. You can see that Vinny, man, he went, he went crazy on this one, man. He really stood out on this track for me. Um, there's a filthy, there's a filthy growl during the words, uh, one mutilation under God, that specific part of the song, when Chris says that is fucking brutal, absolutely fucking brutal. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if he says it or if Brian says it. Um, the feature artist that's uh, from the band Knock Loose. I'm not sure if Brian says it or if Chris says it, to be honest with you, but it's it's definitely like a, a, a nasty, like a death growl uh, scream. But the, the, the whole point is to hear that on the Motionless and White song was absolutely fucking amazing. Just to hear them go into that more of the the deathcore type type of vibe was just absolutely fucking iconic to me just for them to do that in legendary because it just showed me that man they could actually like do and i've always said this i said this for years motionless and white could do deathcore man i i believe chris can do that man he has the voice he can do that he has crazy growls he just doesn't do them but um you know, obviously, uh, the bridge that built up to the breakdown by Brian Harris was insane. Just the, that whole bridge that just built up the hype surround that surrounded it. Uh, considering definitely that it was topped off by gent chords was absolutely fucking savage. Just the gent, the gentness of this song, just that prog shit mixed with a motionless and white song with a death core grounds to me made this the most dynamic song of the album by far and um not necessarily my favorite song but just the most dynamic it just showed their abilities and um and the talent man but and Brian did not slack on this song. He brought his fucking A game, man. He he didn't come to participate in this track. He came to be the track. And I'll let you guys decide if, if he made this track or not. You know, I can't go against Chris like that. But I do think it was a very good blend with Brian that blended effortlessly, especially considering Chris's high screens. Uh, actually, to me, sounds similar to Brian, which made it all the more epic, considering I feel as though, um, you know, now Motionless and White can do a prog album. Fuck it, man. Throw out the kitchen sink, baby. Let's get fucking proggy. 
<laughs> what do you, what do you guys say? You guys want to get proggy? Let's do it, man. Imagine Motionless and White with a prog album, dude. That would probably be the greatest album of all time, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. That would be fucking insane. But maybe they shouldn't do that because they wouldn't be able to do, you know, all of their industrial type of shit, which is basically their entire identity, man. Let's be honest. But, um, man, fantastic track. Had to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Once again, this album is fresh for me, so over time, I might even give it higher. I usually don't give a track like low, a lower rating than what I give it. It usually goes higher. But, um, man, this could have been a five-star song, man. We'll see. But uh, right now, I definitely give it a four and a half. It was a fantastic song. Very dynamic. And let's see if Chris has a quote about it. Because, again, I don't want to make a mistake and get uh, my favorite band's album's lyrics fucked up. And we do have a quote from Chris, which reads, During the pandemic, I was made a lot more aware. I had a lot more time to focus on tons of injustices around the world. In this song's case, specifically the U.S., the biggest target of the song would be capitalism and how that affects everybody in such a negative way. We live in a life where a system is in place to make the rich richer. We're essentially the products in a slaughterhouse. Uh, They're selling our lives and our essence to make money off it. Uh, I'm fucking sick of it and a lot of people are sick of it. Well, we just learned that Motionless and White does not fuck with capitalism. Hey, man, they just don't. (laughs) Uh, There's nothing more I could really say. They just don't fuck with that shit, man. But um, shout out to Motionless, right? Uh, Moving on to uh, the next track, we have Cause of Death. And with Cause of Death, uh, we have uh, the track opens up proggy. So we got more proggy elements going on, man. Who would have fucking known? Uh, opens up uh, two kind of proggy tracks in, in the Motionless and White album. Insane. Uh, opens up proggy with a uh, solid bass and a guitar chord. Uh, and the guitar chord progressions are awesome. Uh, and, you know, we actually realized that they were played during every chorus, which was awesome. So those same chord progressions, you actually hear them through every um, single chorus, which... I honestly thought there was just kind of like some cool riffs that was just kind of happening, you know, just in the beginning of the song, just to get you hyped. But to uh, see them come back and just to hear those vocal patterns again was just fucking just dynamic and fucking awesome. Uh, The verses are uh, tempo smashing and the chorus are uh, motionless and white melodic. So, you know, even though it's uh, an up-tempo track, motionless and white takes you back to their signature melodic style during the chorus. Uh, The bridge was violent as fuck and included um, just some great all-around instrumentation, to be honest, man. Uh, Nothing just exactly specific, but, you know, everything was on point. Instrumentally, very good song. Um, yeah, man, shout out to everybody. Everyone stepped up, did their job on Cause of Death. It was an absolute banger, and I gave it a, 
a 4.5, man. We've been giving out a lot of 4.5s out here in these streets, man. But that's just the way it is right now, baby. I'd rather get out, give out a 4.5 consistently than a 1.5, baby. Wouldn't you? <laughs> so, man, yeah, man. Great fucking track all around. Uh, and cause of death. Let's see if we get emotionless and white. Quote. Yes, one from Chris. Uh, in the words of Chris, this is a companion track with a sign of life. It's somewhat similar to the werewolf porcelain concept, where it's two people communicating with each other, but it's two sides of myself. That's the common thread that exists between all of the personal songs. They're all written from one side of myself to the other. It's about these two sides squaring off and fighting to the death, trying to bury one another and take over. You know, that's actually a fucking amazing quote. And it's actually funny because I was actually thinking basically the same thing when I listened to the track and I actually listened to the lyrics. I was actually thinking something along that line. Obviously, when I'm listening to a song, I don't know if it's personal for the band or the vocalist. So I'm not necessarily comparing it to them. But I was definitely thinking that this song was about, like, basically just like fucking murder, man. Like somebody's getting just fucked up, you know. And um, I didn't realize it was, uh, of course, a lot of this is not like fucking up someone physically, of course. Uh, in most cases when these lyrics happen, but figuratively, I knew that it was about like someone, someone or something getting fucking destroyed. So, uh, hey man, my brain actually works, man. Brain actually works. Hire me as a ghostwriter, uh, Chris. I can do that. Trust me. And, uh, yeah, man, of course, like I said, I gave it a 4.5 and, uh, awesome track cause of death. Moving on. We have, we become the night. Uh, we Become the Night has an industrial opening with light instrumentation and high cut production that gives you uh, the almost like pep rally-ish Halloween-like vibes. Of course, you got to bring that darkness, baby. But that Halloween shit is what we do. It's who we are. Uh, for me, We Become the Night is just a fun track that seems like it was, uh, you know, geared towards being party friendly. So, you know, you're at a party, maybe everyone doesn't like super heavy music. We got We Become the Night, you know? So, hey, no excuses, man. We got we got one for you. We Become the Night. And, you know, it's not necessarily even, I would say, like a radio smash. I wouldn't consider this song necessarily a radio song, although it could be on the radio. I just think it's more just party gear. And I, I like differentiate the two, like a party song and a radio song. To me, there's a difference, you know what I mean? Because a radio song basically is like a song you listen to in your car. You know, a party song is having fun and hearing that song and having fun with that song. To me, those are two different things. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think it was, I think the song was placed at the right time in the album you know, basically at number eight, and uh, it just gave us all the Halloween energy that the band stands for, and like I said, I'm always here for that, man, I'm a big horror fan, so you're giving me Halloween-like vibes, I'm going to be thinking I'm watching the movies Halloween, so 
I'm, I'm always about that. I'm all, I live for that shit. So, uh, excuse me, but yeah, man, shout out to that. And, uh, we become the night. I gave it a 3.5 out of five solid rating there for it. And, uh, let's see if we got a quote from Chris once again, let's see here. We become the night. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so we got another quote from Chris, uh, and Chris says this is similar to slaughterhouse where it just tackles more of what's going on in the world. The chorus is dedicated to the people that don't uh, live their lives like this. This is for the people that are on the right side of history and want to make the world a better place. We stand together to be positive and resist all the tyranny that we face. That's the general essence of the song. Very, very powerful lyrically. And that's always fucking awesome, of course. And moving on, we have... Let's see here. We have Corpse Nation, aka uh, BF. Make sure I get this fucking lettering correct. Uh, BFBTG. And I'm pretty sure there was a song in the past that was titled uh, like with those lyrics, like BFBTG. Gotta actually go back here and uh, realize what song had those initials because, by all accounts, I'm pretty sure this song is a sequel. We know Motionless and White likes to do that a lot. That sequels, and now they even have fucking um, whatever the third installment would be called. I just think that's always been awesome, you know, when songs just like continue on a song, especially if the continuation's great. Like, if it sucks, then it's just kind of like, ah, maybe you should have let that go, bro. You should have just let it fucking stay where it was, man. It didn't need any more. <laughs> it, it didn't need. It, it didn't need an addition, man. You should have. You should have just left it the fuck alone. But um, yeah, you guys can just fucking let me know, man. Reach out to me because I'm pretty sure I don't. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so yeah, it was from the last album, actually. Yeah, uh, it's it's the initials uh, that stand for Broadcasting from Beyond the Grave. That's what the fuck this is. Broadcasting from Beyond the Grave. Of course, the first um, original song was on Disguise, and it was called Death Inc. This one's called Corpse Nation. And... Uh, Death, uh, Death Inc. to me wasn't that great of a song. It was a little bit of a letdown, honestly, because to me, when you have a chorus that fucking great and just spontaneous and fun the way it was, just such a fun intro, you gotta come with it, man. You know, there, you can't let me down. And I just felt like that song kind of let me down pretty much let me down and uh this song was totally different and of course it had to be totally different because um you know just from a, a sonic sonically uh from that standpoint because that song was such a letdown this song could only go in the other direction and it absolutely went in the other direction so much so 
that it found its way on the top 100 metalcore songs of all time list, man. So that should tell you everything you need to know about what the rating is going to be. Yes, it is a five out of five. And man, these like death incorporate like this shit, like this intro shit, like broadcasting. Man, whoever thought of that shit, man, you need they need a fucking Emmy, man. That shit's fucking awesome. I know Emmy's probably for movies, but who gives a fuck? We're we're breaking everything. We're breaking all the the status quos, man. We're giving Emmys for music. We don't give a fuck. But yeah, man, uh, this song starts off, um, uh, of course, like I said, um, as a broadcast from the grave, which is always an epic way to start a song. When you have a death theme like this band, of course. To me, it's the first sing-along chorus of the album, and the first song that's like a more of like a sing-along song, um, you know, in ways for sure. Even though you know it's, it has some heaviness to it as well, but I think it's definitely, you know, a lot of people can sing along to it. To me, it has an epic fucking bridge that is the culmination of deathcore-like screams, rapid bass progression, and snapping drums definitely one of the better songs of the album and it actually felt like death man this song felt so fucking dark and i enjoyed the fuck out of it just to have a song that makes you feel like just that darkness over you but also it's so fun the fact that they were able to pull that off simultaneously says so fucking much about the talent of this band and, you know, it just gave you that feeling of just darkness, man. Um, definitely one of the most interesting songs they've ever fucking made. It's just interesting, man. And um, I wouldn't even say a song like this is experimental because, of course, like I said, they have a prequel to the sequel, baby. So, but uh, yeah, definitely one of the greatest songs of all time to me, in my opinion, man. It, it was just fucking badass. Uh, we do have a quote from Chris about what the song was about. And Chris says, Broadcasting from Beyond the Grave, which is a song we did in 2019. But this isn't a sequel like Burnt at Both Ends. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a serious. Hmm. A serious. I'm liking that. I'm fucking liking that. I am actually really fucking enjoying that i'm so glad he said that because that means there's a lot more to come from it and man i am fucking excited as fuck to hear it man because that should be fantastic to just hear more of that whole broadcasting just uh this is like a television like a network and man it's just talking just man it's just fucking awesome man uh, and I thought it would be, uh, Chris also says, I thought it would be really cool to have a recurring song title across albums where it's essentially a unique episode each time. Super cool concept. Um, I don't recall seeing that done, so I wanted to try it. Uh, this song was very heavily written by our bassist, <laughs> which we can, uh, which we can hear, um, uh, Justin Morrow, and it's a big fuck you to QAnon. Wow, that's fucking hilarious. It's just a huge middle finger to people who perpetrate insane lies and misinformation to hurt the reality we live in. Wow. Wow. 
Wow, beautiful, man. When I hear these Chris quotes, man, it's just making me just like, wow. It's just wow, man. That's literally the only thing I can really think of, man. This only singular word comes to my mind. Some of these quotes are just fucking insanely fucking accurate and just fucking eye-opening, really. But um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Chris is a hell of a fucking writer, man. I'll tell you that. But yeah, man, of course, that song's five out of five, man. Uh, moving on to Red, White, Boom. Uh, this song uh, starts off thrashy. Uh, it's very uh, different, contrasting sound from the previous track. Uh, you know, uh, not the instrumentation they're accustomed to doing, to be honest. It didn't really feel that way. It's very experimental. Another experimental song for them, for sure. Uh, the riffs to me are all over the place um, and the drums and bass sort of just kind of just switch patterns very frequently um, you know let's just say I wouldn't say Caleb saved the song Caleb Shomo that is but I will say uh, he fit very well with this sort of spontaneous combustion for Motionless and White and um like, I'm not saying that he saved the song, but I'm not saying that he did either. But uh, to be honest, you know, it wasn't, it was, it still wasn't an awful track, though. It still wasn't like a one star, a 0.5, or a two star. I mean, it was, it was a decent song for what it was, you know, just for what it was, I guess. So I gave it a two and a half. I just didn't think it was like a horrible song. To me, it was just a little bit too experimental for me and nothing that really made me say I want to listen to this again yes I do like the concept of red white boom because obviously it's usually would say red white blue so that's just an interesting eye-popping title when you hear red white boom because you you feel as though it's going to be a heavier song and it's going to be in your face so you get kind of excited but definitely a letdown from the title that's for damn sure we got a quote from Chris Motionless uh, about the song um, Meaning, which he says, I think this is the weirdest song on the record. Bingo! <laughs> we have a winner. <laughs> no fucking doubt about it. Uh, it kind of happened piece by piece in ways that just did not fit together. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no fucking shit it just came together piece by piece what are you fucking black doll you murder or something now talking about piece by piece uh man it's just fucking insane but then it, um the quote proceeds to say uh but then somehow it fit together uh it felt very punk rock like uh let's fucking rip it up uh when i think about bands in the rock world that are doing that right now i think of Beartooth and caleb i wanted to have him featuring the song to kind of put the cherry on top of the feeling it gave me it's loud it's in your face and it doesn't give a fuck well you are right it doesn't give a fuck man it's kind of just everywhere but that is the quote from chris motionless i do believe like i said caleb definitely sort of saved the song and um because Chris is absolutely right with that quote, man. Once again, he's he hit the nail on the coffin. Hit the nail in the coffin, man. He, um, you know, he said Caleb fit perfect with the song, and, and that's very, very true. It's very, very true. You know, Bear Tooth sorta 
Bear Tooth sort of kind of does that like in your face, but it's not as experimental as this song felt like. Anyways, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Not horrible. Just not a song that I look forward to listening to again. And the last song on the album, we have Scorching the End of the Earth, the self-titled song. It's always interesting with these self-titled songs, man. They're, I, I, I wish they would hit more. I just wish they would always be good. Because I don't know, I just feel as though you're going to have a self-titled track, which, you know, most bands or even just artists do that. But man, I don't know, I just it's something about them to me where I just feel as though you should come with your A-game. But for some reason, it seems like they're always more so letdowns than they are bangers. And I don't know why, man, it's just, a, it's just an interesting fact to me. But um, uh, Scorching the End of Earth wasn't a horrible song uh, by any means, it wasn't terrible. Um, the song opens with a, a heavy growl followed by industrial production. Um, you know, the intro definitely got you got you uh, tuned into the track. It definitely made you feel as though you were you were um, you were awaiting something special, but that just kind of never happened. Uh, there's not too much going on with this track, but I say I had a glass of champagne as I celebrated a great project and a decent song to close this shit out. I did give it a 2.5 out of 5. It's just like a solidarity track, you know, like a this is it. We, we did the album, you know, here it is. It's melodic. It's just kind of it's kind of a cruise track, you know, and, um, you know, not horrible again, though, just no replay um, no replay value to it but um, solid man solid I wouldn't just skip it let's see if we have a Chris quote before we wrap up this great episode we have here let's see if Chris gave us some feedback on the track yes he did Chris was awesome about this feedback, man. Uh, so, Chris Motionless, um, feedback on Scorching the End of the Earth, self-titled track off the album. The title track is similar to Cyberhex in that it's about people that are fighting the good fight for our world and making sacrifices that might be tough but are actually beneficial to humanity. Uh, Cyberhex is more uh, from the personal side. And this song is coming from the observation side and feeling proud to be part of that group of people that are writing uh, the end of the world as we know it, uh, to then make a better one out of the ashes. Uh, Mick Gordon is one of our favorite composers. Uh, We play all the games he writes for, uh, and he ended up transforming what I thought was a really good song into a great song. I wouldn't go that far, Chris. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest here, man. Let's kind of tone that down just a little bit. I mean, maybe he went from making the song a bad song to making it a listenable song. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he made the song capable of listening to it all. Maybe he made the song a song. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, but to say that he made it a great song, I mean, let's just be honest here, man. 
we can't just be throwing out the word great like that, man. It has, actually has to mean something, okay, Chris? Relax, buddy. But anyways, I'm just giving Chris shit, but anyways, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Now we are going to do an album wrap-up for Scorch. Uh, the earth and that wrap up is to me overall the album was better than my expectations to be honest i wasn't really expecting the album to be as great as it was just being completely honest especially when you look at a lot of the recent uh work there's been like you know good song here good song here good song here bad song bad song okay song okay song okay song great song you know been kind of like that type of thing and it wasn't with this album most of this is why it has not had an album this consistent to me since infamous which is saying a lot there's been a bunch of albums in between half of the album was standout songs which makes this album a classic in my book and uh, will be one of those albums that will be listened to for years to come for sure this is definitely a classic album it's not a cult classic all the songs aren't great but it's definitely a classic album overall a dark album that gave you a little bit of everything that was consistently heavy which was why i was excited because hyper x was the first single overall i would give this album a four and a half and that's gonna wrap it up love you guys stay tuned out